you were there welcome to the noah davis Watchcast, aka the podcast where i watch things anything at all really and talk to you about it it's not technically a watch cast because i do think watch casts are active and simultaneous as though i say hey this is a lord of the rings watch cast so then i would watch it and record as i'm watching it but this is not that so again Name may change. This is the Noah Davis Watchcast, where I talked about everything I watched this week. Let's get right to it. I watched uh, the new episode of Dark Side of the Ring about the Graham Dynasty. Wow. I don't know what to say about this one. I will implore you to watch Dark Side of the Ring. But, geez, guys, it's sad. It's very depressing and honestly astounding what the wrestling world is full of. And I know I talked about it last week, but hey, I I can't not recommend this show because every week is just surprising. And I cannot wait for tomorrow nights because, because I can't wait to get my weekly dose of being totally bummed out about this branch of entertainment that I really don't care about. But, you know, I, I find myself sort of caring about. This brings me to my second point. I'm pretty sure Vice has baked in ads into their shows so that even though I have ad-free Hulu, I still get ads for specific things, and I have no idea why. It might be on Hulu's side, but if it's on Vice's side, come on, guys. Come on. Is Is that why you're... Is that... Your answer to filing bankruptcy is baking in ads so that people who pay for ad-free programs still have to watch your ads so Vice can still get a paycheck. Is that how we're doing this now? Or is it just Hulu messing with me and giving Vice ads for no reason? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I guess the jury's out, and I'm not sure I'll ever figure out unless somebody corrects me. So moving on, I started an anime, Golden Kamai. Awesome. Fantastic anime. I'm about finished with the second season, so I think I'm on episode 18, 17 or 18. Lovely animation. The use of CG is ugly, but hey, it's modern anime. It's obviously almost always going to have ugly CG somewhere or another. I love the flow and the pacing and the character interactions in ways that they develop into each other. It's it's an amazing way to go about delivering character development because one character developments or sorry, one character's development is tied into another's character development. And that's, it's almost like a snowball effect of just building characters and world building. And that's maybe the best compliment you can get when your world building has a snowballing effect. That's absolutely fantastic. And it's a feat to try to accomplish as a writer. 
and I can't wait to finish this anime. Uh, the dub cast is totally fine, nothing to complain about, and I'm actually even kind of impressed by some of the dub cast. I know some anime enthusiasts will say, oh, you can't watch a dub because it's bad and sub is good because it's good, and I kid you not, I had this conversation with somebody. I'll, I'll reason why I watch dub and then I'll, I'll tell you the conversation. I watch dub because I can tell when a dub actor or voice actor is bad or good. I cannot tell when a Japanese voice actor is good or bad. So why would I... I have to read the subtitles. I can't appreciate the animation fully. Obviously, oh yeah, you can read and look. I know that. You don't like... <laughs> I hate when people say that. So I can appreciate the animation fully and I won't be able to know if their acting is bad or good. I'm okay. You know, if I'm forced into sub, that's fine. I'll watch sub, Polar Bear Cafe. I'll watch that sub. But if I have the option of dub, even if it's a 90s dub, I would rather hear the shittiness just so I can know it's shitty. Whereas there's no way, in all likelihood, all sub is good. There's simply no way. And if you think that, you're kidding yourself or you're not Japanese. Because I assume... Japanese people can tell when a sub is bad or when a voice actor is bad. But I had this conversation not two weeks ago with somebody when I said why, what I just said, why I watch dub, yada, yada. And his response was, it's all good, the sub being. And that's just, that's insane to me that somebody would actually believe that. And I'm not trying to hate on the guy I had the conversation with, but it's insane that he just straight up said, it's all good. As if all acting is good. Think about how many actors there are in Hollywood. Think of the hundreds of actors and the 50 actors you could name. Think of all those people. Now think of the actors you don't like, okay, in that said group, in the Hollywood group, okay? Imagine that. Now think to yourself, those actors you don't like are still some of the best actors, period. Just you know, marketability, acting talent, quality, whatever you want, looks. They're some of the best actors, period. And so you have this pool of great actors, and even then you don't like some of these actors. I think that's proof that, you know, not all voice acting is good, and not all voice actors are going to be good just because they're Japanese and just because it's the, you know, country of origin. It doesn't matter. It does not mean it's good. I have no doubt that it is better sometimes. And maybe even a lot of the times. But that is not why you should deflect watching dub. Is because it's all good. That's the worst argument I've ever heard. So yeah, dub subs. Yeah, there we go. Moving on. Oh wait, hold on. I, I want to finish. Golden Kermite, great. I'll talk about it next week when I watch some more. Probably be on season 3 or 4 by then. Great. Moving on. Avatar 2. We're going to be here for a minute. We're going to be here for a minute. I refuse to make three hour long reviews and dissections of things. I absolutely abhor when a review is longer than a movie itself. I understand that analyzation takes time and takes effort, but like <laughs> guys, if, if you got a four and a half hour video on a two and a half hour movie, I, you know, I don't know. I'd just rather watch the movie twice. Is that just me? Maybe I'm crazy. Whatever. We're going to be here for a minute. Avatar 2, Wave the Water, what the hell did I watch? What the hell did everyone watch? Did we all watch the same movie? It's 
odd how the movie came off. The pacing is so weird. The first hour just feels like a crapshoot of nothing other than the tiniest bit of setup as in setting up the plot. What they do do in that first hour is remind you of every single character they've introduced, why they've introduced them, how they've introduced them, how they play in the story, and what they do and what their role is in the story. And it doesn't really do it incredibly well. It does it fine. It establishes things, but it doesn't do it efficiently. It does it through cliche scenes of, oh, this boy is a reckless boy and his older brothers keep him out of trouble. That kind of stuff. And then the same scene happens over and over. The kids get in trouble because the one obnoxious son. The kids get in trouble because the one obnoxious son. The kids play a prank on the guy. The kids play a prank on the guy. It's Or the, the, the green Navi play a prank on the one Navi. And it's just, it's as though it repeats itself a lot of the times. And it comes off as bloated would probably be the best word for it. bloated, just a bloat of things and not necessarily interesting things. The only reason you connect with these characters is due to sheer exposure. It's not because of endearing qualities and amazing scenes with well-written scripts and, and dialogues. It is, hey, you've seen these characters for two and a half hours. You, you gotta care about them if you have some sort of character empathy. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard not to when you've been Stockholm syndromed into caring about them. Uh, the set pieces are fantastic. The score is fine. I was kind of confused about this awe-inspiring world. You know, this awe-inspiring world has alien birds, alien fish, alien whales. Alien horses, alien trees. Do you see? Uh, do you see that there's some sort of pattern here? I I think you see some of this pattern here. <laughs> it's it's hard not to honestly. Uh, is it awe inspiring? Sure, I guess. I is it the all you want it? I don't know. I don't know. For me personally, it's not the all I want it. It's just odd. And then the movie suffers from the whole plot speed thing that I talked about in The Hobbit 3. Whereas, so there's a point in this movie where Jake Soley, Jake Soley, um, he offers to help the whale species because they shoot trackers onto these whales. There's a whole whaling scene that comes off as super cheesy and corny and feels like a sci-fi original, whatever. Not going to talk about it that much because, you know, <laughs> it's... That's a low blow. That's a low blow, you know, to just say, "Hey, your lighting looks cheesy." So I, it's hard to just do that because it, it was really only one section. But I digress. So Jake Soley, he was offering to help the whale things or help the trackers, but the trackers took maybe thirty seconds, or the whale boat took maybe thirty seconds to find the whale tracker the first time, and then this time when it happens again, conveniently, plot speed. Jake somehow gets there almost the same time as the boats do. Or the boat, the boats take like 10 extra minutes for no reason this time, even though last time it took 30 seconds maybe. And it's that weird plot speed where things 
are as fast as they need to be because of the plot and not because of actually how fast they happen. And that kind of messes with me. It's obviously not a terrible thing, but it, it, it's a little too convenient, if I must say so myself. I will say it's funny. It's especially funny because the special effects on an HD stream aren't perfect. The first hour really isn't perfect at all. I thought when it started raining and there were more action shots and it was more focused plot-wise, the CG started looking a lot better. But the first hour, it looks fine. It looks good. It looks fine, you know? It, it probably looks amazing, but the models that stood out stood out to me, such as those weird... Not pumas, but there is a weird wild animal that absolutely looked fake beyond belief to the point that I was unimpressed by the CG just right off the bat. And then later in the movie, it starts getting impressive and I'm start, I start to see, you know, the wonder and the amazement of that CG. Not really the world, but, you know, of the effects and the artists and what they brought to the table and even those set pieces, you know, at least the physical ones that I could tell were physical and that, you know, that might be <laughs> that might be praise to the CG people, but the things I could tell were physical looked really well put together. Everything looks well put together. It's a well put together movie. It's just a little over encumbered. It's kind of messy and sloppy. The pacing is really off and the plot goes nowhere. There's one singular aspect that changes the plot from the beginning to the end. There's only one thing that changes, really. Or sorry, I'll say the intro to the end. There's only one thing that changes, and it is a character death, and it's not really a character death you don't talk about, and the other character death that should have happened doesn't happen, and that makes it even more confusing, and I'll give it time. I'm going to spoil it now. Okay, so the one guy, the villain from the first one, comes back as a Navi avatar, and I thought that was a really cool idea because I thought to myself, hey, the title of the movie makes sense now because... Jake Sully's not an avatar, so why would it be called Avatar? But now that he has a body, I get, you know, it's it sort of makes more sense. You know, he's dead, and I get that, but it's kind of more of an avatar situation. And yet, he gets saved at the end by his son, who pretends to be a Navi. It's a whole thing. I don't even want to talk about it. He gets saved by his son at the end. But I don't get why he didn't just die and we got another clone. I feel like getting more avatars, if we just had more avatar clones of this guy, the title of the movies would make a lot more sense. But now that's just two Navi guys who happen to have the memories of two humans, that's not that's not an avatar, guys. That James, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy boy. That's that's not that's not av that's not avatar. That's just them. Like they are them. They, there's nothing. Avatar 2 technically didn't have avatars in it. Or it might have had one avatar, the research guy, you know, who wears the, the vest, and I can't... I've never known that actor's name. But, you know, <laughs> it's it had maybe one real avatar in the entire movie, and it's called... The whole series is called Avatar. So that's something. And the last thing I want to talk about on this movie is Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Saying Sigourney just feels weird because like Gurney, so I think it's Sigourney. Whatever. Sigourney Weaver 
playing her eight-year-old self or a 10-year-old self or a younger self is so weird and noticeable and it's noticeable right away. You don't know it's her, but then after about half an hour, you think to yourself, wait, is that, did they get her to play her 16-year-old self or her eight-year-old Navi self, whatever, kid self? It's so noticeable. It doesn't make sense. I'm not sure why they did it. The voice is the worst part. If they touched it up, it doesn't, it's not touched up enough. She sounds older than Jake Sully and Zoe Saldana's character. What is her character's name? I don't know. It's Zoe Saldana. <laughs> it's Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana. And I will say, if Sam Worthington is the best part of your movie, well, yeah, Sam Worthington is a fine actor. I respect his craft. And I don't think he's ever been terrible in a movie that I've seen. I know some people think the opposite, but I don't think he's ever been terrible. But when he's the best part of your movie, do I have to say it? You know, <laughs> do, I, do I have to? I don't think I have to say it. He was the best part of this movie, and that's something. So yeah, moving on uh, to other things. I watched Avatar too. I I don't want to give it a score because I feel as though it'd be too high or too low. You know, it's I want to just give it like a five, five or a six because it's it's fine. Do I give it a score? Do I give it a higher score just because of James Cameron? Maybe. Do I give it a higher score just because of the money that's being put into it and that money then excels and advances CG and art for any CG and 3D artist? Maybe. Do I want to? No. So if if I were to give it a flat score, it'd probably be a 6 out of 10 because it's a movie, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not good. Maybe, maybe a six, five, maybe, but I don't want to give concrete scores right now. Yeah. Moving on. I watched the black phone, which is Scott Derrickson's newest horror movie with Ethan Hawke. I got to tell you that first 30 minutes was rough. I thought I was about to turn it off because the intro credits is just a rip off of Ryan Murphy's, American Horror Story, the vibe, it's hard to describe. I know it's, I know AHS isn't the first one to do it. You don't got to get mad, but they're the ones to popular, popularize it. And once that's been done, you know, it's, it's hard not to look at that. And when a movie does that, when a movie uses the same technique that's popularized by a TV, a cable TV show, it's rather noticeable and kind of a turnoff. It, it put me off quite a bit. I will say the movie's totally fine. There's nothing really wrong with it other than that part. I will say the script does the thing where children sound like they're 40-year-old men. There was a child who said, I'll see you later, kid, to another child. And that's just not how it works, Scott. I think you're a very talented creator, but... That is not how children work, Scott. It's just not. Simply put, it's not. And I know it's based off a of Joe Hill short. So I think it's Joe Hill. I think that's his pseudonym, pen name, nom de plume kind of thing. You know, you know, you know what it is. And maybe that's on him. You know, maybe that short story has a script or, you know, has a dialogue where the characters seem much older than they are. And maybe that dialogue was taken straight from that short story. I'm not too sure because I haven't read it. But at the same time, it's still a problem and it still stands out. Stranger Things does the exact same shit where these 12-year-old kids are having more complex conversations than any 
25 year old I can go talk to right now. I can go talk to a 30 year old and have a dumber conversation than the brother and sister had in the black phone. And it's, it's something. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not asking for 100% realism, but couldn't you just like run this by a real kid or, you know, listen to a real kid before you start writing. And if a real kid does sound like that, that kid's either a savant or needs to be checked out because it's insane the way these kids talk and interact with each other. Even, even the side character kids, there's this kid friend who's not a bully, but he beats up the bullies and he's best friends or he was best friends with the main guy. And he talks as though he's a 50 year old man who's seen 40 years of war and has read two dictionaries front to back. You know, it's, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. And it takes me out. All my immersion is thrown away from that. So that's, that's a personal problem. The movie was fine. Uh, even on the edge of good, on the edge of good, it's a horror movie and it had some good horror parts. So that might be all you're looking for. If that's all you're looking for, go for it. It's, it's got some creepiness. It's got some on your seat, you know, raised hairs kind of thing. But there's nothing much to it, you know? That, that's kind of it. It's very simple. Ethan Hawke kills it. Ethan Hawke's great. I'll never talk bad about Ethan Hawke unless ironically or unless it's something very specific. But I love Ethan Hawke and he did great. So yeah, uh, Black Phone, I'd probably, you know what? It was more fun than Avatar 2. So 6-5 <laughs> if I had to get this score. And lastly, I don't want to give it a full review. So I'm not going to, but I started Ghostbusters Half-Life, Half-Life, <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife, and paused it halfway through to play some video games. So I, I, I'll just do a quick snippet review and then finish my review next week when I finish the movie. I hate splitting movies in parts, but sometimes it just happens. You know, sometimes it happens. Uh, Avatar 2, it happened on purpose, because fuck you, James Cameron. Even old movies that were hour and 45 minutes have intermissions. I've literally watched those movies where they're an hour and 45 minutes and they have an intermission. Especially Hitchcock movies. Hitchcock movies, they have intermissions. They aren't long. They aren't long at all. So fuck you, Cameron. <laughs> now moving on. Back to Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's fine. It's fun. It's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it is. I think it's got promise, and you know, once I finish the movie, I'll give you my full review. It might get terrible, but it's a fun script. It's got a nice flow. The pacing's good. It keeps me. It keeps you going. It doesn't really. It doesn't really let you stop and think about how dumb it is. You're watching Ghostbusters four, you know, fifty years after Ghostbusters one. Whatever. You quit thinking about that, and you quit thinking about the fan service because it's just. It's a nice little movie. There, there's. It's not gonna blow you away. You're not gonna change your mind on cinema because of this movie. But it seems like an enjoyable ride so far, the first hour at least. I really love the main girl, girl actress. She is fantastic even if the script is a little stiff. She actually sounds like a kid. Yes, it's intelligent, but there's a thin line. It's a nuance that's hard to, it's almost indiscernible in a weird way. But there's a thin line where she seems like a kid. Her friend podcast seems like a kid. Yes, they do talk intelligently, 
but they come off as children. They come off as their age, and that script sounds like someone that age is talking. I'll be a, maybe a little more intelligently, sure, but it still feels real, nonetheless, or more real than the black phone, let's say. I will also add that Finn Wolfhard's character seems to make no sense and is only there to be him, to be like, you know, the act. he's only there to be Finn Wolfhard. It doesn't feel as though the brother's adding anything to this movie that I care about or want to care about. I like the whole, you know, uh, uh, no funny business mom who's just telling it like it is. That's cool. She plays it great. Then you got Paul Rudd being the teacher who's a good teacher but lazy or some shit at the same time. Paul Rudd with a beard. What more do you say? And then, uh, you know, there's some little things like the script saying, oh, that's funny. Or someone will say a joke and they're saying, that's hilarious. I get it, you know? If a joke's funny, I will find it funny. If a joke is hilarious, I will find it hilarious. What you do not need to do is put in the script that said joke is funny or said joke is hilarious unless very specific to the scene. Which, yes, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, one of these times was specific to the scene, so I'll give them a pass. But there was a that's funny where it was just acknowledging that it was a joke and not that, you know, it was actually funny. So that's kind of, <laughs> it's not lazy. It's just kind of dumb and pointless, redundant, really. You know, your joke should be funny and the audience should find it funny. You don't need an in-movie character reminding the audience that they should have found it funny. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'll be back next week with my full review of Ghostbusters Afterlife and whatever else I watched, probably Dark Side of the Ring, Golden Kamai. This has been episode five of the Noah Davis Watchcast, name pending. And I will see you next week on episode six. I, of course, shall be here, even if nobody will listen. Peace, guys. <laughs>